Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. Uh, this is a brief weekend update, more informational in purpose rather than anything else. But um, there's a couple of things that I'm going to be covering. First of all is Satama. Um, if you didn't know, I think you should know, but if you didn't know, we're getting very close to Satama's launch of Cytomass. That's going to happen this Saturday, I believe it is, out here in Las Vegas. Uh, they're holding a big shindig. There's going to be apparently some celebs in in there. And um, this is the launch of their wallet. Now, the wallet, um, I call it a wallet, but it's not really a wallet. So what Satama has tried to do is they've tried to solve many of the issues that are inherent with a lot of the different wallets and exchanges. I've talked about this on wallets versus exchanges on previous podcast entries. And basically, the real issue is that you will have, let's say, Trust Wallet, right? Trust Wallet is currently the only wallet that allows you to hold at the same time uh, different types of network tokens. So you can hold um, the uh, Ethereum as well as uh, Binance and Polygon. I believe it also supports and So in one wallet interface, you can hold all these tokens, but you can't really do anything with them. You're forced to go to Uniswap for Ethereum or go to PancakeSwap or OneInch for Binance and so on. And so what Satama has tried to do is they've called out previous on multiple occasions the need or the ideal, you know, goal of getting away from the chaos of, tra of trading. And I've called this out myself with my rant earlier yesterday. My whole frustration is around the industry not solving the problem of making it easy to do these things. I've seen some of the previous screens of Satama Mask. I'm not on the beta um, but I have seen some of the screens. I do think that it's working really hard to try to solve the problem, and so I'm very impressed so far with what they have done, and I'm inspired by somebody trying to step up and solve the problem, and as I said, if it does what it seems to be able to do, they're going to change the game. It's going to be huge uh, across the industry. So we're going to watch this guy, and again, it's local to Vegas, but I'm not going to go to the shindig for my own personal reasons, but I am going to be watching kind of intently. If it turns out that I can get into the event on the cheap, I might take an Uber down there or something, but navigating the strip is a nightmare, especially now. So I will be watching at least the launch and the event and everything, and hopefully it goes off without a hitch and they don't have any issues because it does seem like the interface is very well done. seems like they've done a lot of work, and I know that they've gone through some multiple iterations to get to this point, and this could be a major changing point for Satama. Now, I want to talk about a couple other things around Satama and why the November 13th launch is really the key date to watch. If you're seeing that Satama is kind of fluctuating in price and it's kind of floating in midair, I would argue that now is the time to buy in. If you're going to buy into Satama, this would be the, the time to do it because if you were going to get, get some massive gains off Satama, this is when it's going to happen because of this launch, number one. Number two, the exposure of just being in Vegas and being around so many different people that are not watching social media and they don't care about uh, the Twitters and all that, plus just people that wanted to get into crypto, but now there's a simpler way to do it. There's a huge potential here. In addition to the fact that with what they're doing in Satama overall as an ecosystem and a lot of the things coming down the pipe that they're working on, I would argue this is right around the time that this Vegas event where it's going to drop another zero permanently, it's been able to get up there but it's not sustaining the resistance is right around eight i think it's at seven zeros and eight so 
it's right around that point and has been balancing at that point and has not been able to sustain that momentum. But I think this is going to kick it over and create a new resistance, bottom resistance. And there's no real telling where the upper level is. If you were the kind of person that were unsure about Satama, the other piece I would cover for you is that I have done some analysis, deeper analysis. I, I evaluated it ages ago, but I've gone deeper now into kind of the nuts and bolts of the Satama scripts and everything else. And this is a very sound project. It's legit. It's not going anywhere. Obviously, there could be some development uh, or developer um, fiasco, but I don't see that. It seems like a team that's least well taken care of and reasonably happy. The dev wallets are empty. There's a good perspective on the project itself. Good momentum, good energy. They seem to like interacting with fans. They are taking some of my suggestions. Whether I get credit or not, it's not the point. But when I've talked about doing more information, more stat dates, like say, give some dates of when you're doing tangible things and milestones and not just fluffy updates, they seem to have done a better job about that. They seem to be getting ahead of um, fraud or scam type information that's out there. So they're managing their reputation better. I can't say it's perfect, but certainly better, which is always good. So I'm very pleased with what I've seen so far, and I'm hopeful and grateful, frankly, to be somebody that's invested in it, has been watching it for the long term. This is one where I've kind of been following them for some months um, after some initial frustration getting into it. So the irony of them building a tool designed to make it easier to get into crypto in general, it's apt because it was absolutely nightmarish just getting into the tool. And many people are saying, just get Ethereum and buy it. Do, do, do. No, it's not that easy. Trust me, this was hard, mostly because of the gas fees, but also because of other factors with wallets and all that kind of stuff. Now that it's on exchanges, it's not as bad. Like I have my, um, not all of it, but I have a piece of it on Hotbit so I can do some exchange and trading when I need to. But the vast majority of it's still in my wallet. And I'm positioning myself to be able to move to the exchange when and if it makes sense for me. Right now, I'm just kind of letting it marinate, build up the rewards. That's why I left the vast majority of the wallet so I could still get the rewards out of it. Because again, as I said, in wallets versus exchanges, if you put all your tokens in the exchange, you're not getting the benefit of the reflections. And Satama has been giving me reflections for a very long time, and I'm appreciative of that. So that's my Satama update. The second update I want to give is about Keanu, uh, everybody's favorite token that basically has been abandoned. So the team has been working steadily to release the new token. They have it deemed Project Zero. That's not the official name, but... That's, what they're, that's the working name for it right now. According to what they said just recently, they are going to be releasing a token, if not this weekend, probably Monday, at which point they will provide instructions for anybody who's holding Keanu Inu currently. This will be on the Ethereum network to send your tokens to them, and then they will airdrop you the new token uh, as an appreciation for sticking it out. Now, of course, remember that when they take the Keanu from you, they're taking the liquidity out of the existing token, and they can't guarantee if you decide to keep the Keanu that it's going to be worth anything or that you'll be able to do anything because, again, the liquidity that they're pulling from this transfer is what's going to cause this. So ultimately, you have if you're in Keanu, it is up to you to decide to keep it and see if the darn thing takes off like somebody on social media speculated it might become a cult coin because it's it is community. So it's not owned by anybody. 
you could do that if you want to try to do that. But if you do that, it's at your own risk. It's caveat emptor. I'm not going to tell you or recommend you A or B. I'm telling you what is, which is they're planning to release a new token. You have a choice. Either keep it if you want. If you And they're only given a three-day gap here for the transfer. So if you decide to keep it, you're stuck after the third day. They might do a plan B because some of these are kind of nice about it. But generally speaking, you're kind of on your own. The second part of that is that when they do the transfer, we don't know what the new tokens inventory is going to be, but the current common is about 10 billion or 1 billion or some low number. I'm figuring probably 10 billion or 100 billion, somewhere in there where you're not going to be able to become a millionaire overnight like you could with the quadrillion tokens and the 500 trillion tokens. My chances are they're going to kind of slim it down, which is what Cody did which is what some of these other ones have done when they did these airdrop swaps is they ended up dropping down because what they were trying to get is a better handle on liquidity and better credibility of the token, right? Because if you have one that's got 100 quadrillion tokens, it has no credibility and it takes you years to get any kind of profit. Ironically, though, Satama, I believe, has 100 quadrillion tokens. However, it has done a better job than, say, SHIB, which has one quadrillion, if I recall, it's done a better job at burn mechanic because it has the recurrent burn as you do transactions, but it also has the manual burn that was done up front and it does secondary burns. SHIB is kind of playing catch up in that regard. And so when you look at the value of the current tokens and how they work, Satama is the cleanest of all of the ones I've evaluated so far. I'm still going through a lot of them like Rich Quack. Um, Rich Quack is my third update for today. Rich Quack is being flagged on a lot of the token scan tools as possibly a honeypot. I don't, I, I understand why they say this to be true. I've looked at the data and I would, I would normally agree. However, the Rich Quack is listed on gate.io. It's trading hot and heavy. I would be skeptical if a token that is on gate.io, which is one of the top exchanges, would even be able to honeypot right away because to do that, would basically break the exchange and basically kill your credibility. Could it happen? Absolutely. I'm just saying I'm skeptical if it is. And from a price perspective, Rich Quack has been pretty consistent in growth. It's had a little bit of downs, but generally ups. And so it behooves, I think, in that case to possibly have your inventory in Rich Quack as opposed to anywhere else. Now, the flip of that, though, is if I look at something like Bmon, which is, I think it's called Binamon, it's their name take off a of Pokemon where it was a NFT game and it uses coins to have some dragon walk paths and attack enemies and it's a play to win uh, NFT type game, right? That one is on um, Indoex, but it has no liquidity left. And so it's all, it's like four people who are trading this thing. So it might as well not even be there. But Indoex is a lower level exchange. It's not one of the top exchanges, whereas Gate.io is a top exchange. Like once you get to a Coinbase or a Robinhood ugh, or a Gate.io or a Hotbit or a KuCoin, I'll even give Binance as garbage as they are. Once you get to these top exchanges, it's less likely to be a honeypot because you've done the work necessary to get past that screening and you have enough people interested that it's going to be constantly trading day in and day out. Could it happen? Yes. I'm not saying no. I'm saying it's unlikely based on where the token is at the moment. And so that's Rich Quack. I still, at this point, advocate and recommend it. I think it's a solid token to make some profit. Even if you did day trading, it has already doubled my investment multiple times. 
um, because I'm currently day trading it in the exchange. I don't leave it in the wallet. It does give rewards in the wallet, but the way that they built it has what they call a black hole. So there's 2%, I believe, reflections that go to everybody, but the black hole takes a portion of the 2%. So you don't even get, it's like an automatic burn of your profits that you get from the reflections. Some people might think that's controversial, but it actually helps you because that's the reason why the token is constantly going up instead of fluctuating as with, like, say, Floki Mars. So Rich Quack is still, as of right now, still recommended to at least look at, and if worst case, toss a 20 at it and just watch it. Because if you lose that 20, you've only lost 20. But I don't think, from what I see, that you're going to lose that 20, and you might end up doubling or even tripling your investment over the short term and possibly more over the long run as more burns continue to happen so that's rich quack uh the third update i'm going to give and this is more for what's coming up next week i do have a draft update that's going to be talking about the tron network the tron network has been out there for a while and you've probably seen it the token is trx primarily but it also has other tokens that flow through the network like usdt can flow through the tether it's called the tether um, Tron network. So if you're interested or have been curious about Tron, you don't want to miss that update because I think it's going to be key for people who are trying to get around gas fees because it's an, it's yet another way to get away from gas fees. I gave a brief, I don't want to say brief, but a previously brief update about how to potentially avoid gas fees, but I didn't go deep into it. This next week's series, I'm going to be going deeper into some of those tokens. I just did it with Stellar XLM, XLM, and that was amazing. I tried to do it with XRP. That didn't go well, but that's because I'm in the U.S. And if you're not in the U.S., you might have a different experience. So I'm still going to cover it, even though it didn't work for me. I know what you would do, and it would be viable for you. So TRX is one. Uh, XLM, Stellar is one. XRP, which is Ripple, is another one. Cardano, which is ADA, is another one. So I'm going to cover those. And I'm going to round that out with the Tron update around Unminable. I gave an update on the podcast previous episode about Unminable. Check that one out. But I'm going to talk about the Tron network and with Unminable, how you can maximize your payouts through Unminable using the Tron network without having to pay gas fees, without having to wait for your payouts. I'm going to talk about all that because there's a way for you to make some really good money here. I mean, we're talking about 180 bucks a month. I'd say probably at the peak, depending on what your machine is. That's not bad, considering you're not required to do anything to make that. It's not going to make you rich overnight, but that's money you can then invest in whatever cryptos that you want, and those cryptos might make you rich. Also, another update I plan to cover is another exchange. I'm going to do a... I've done social media posts about exchanges, but I'm going to do a podcast update about exchanges and the different ways that the exchanges, the fact that different coins are supported different ways and which exchange is good for different coin pairs and that kind of thing because there's a pattern that's arising. Now, I am catering this around the United States, so that means that Binance.com will not be included because I can't include it because they will not support U.S. I'm not going to even include Binance.us because Binance.us has, I almost swore, has nonsense requirements for KYC that I am not able to get around at this time because I refuse to play their game. So I'm not going to do Binance.us. However, if you have Binance.us, you should be able to use the information that I give you and then leverage these, these pairs in order to save on this gas key. Because that's my goal is to help you save on gas fees 
as you transact, as you move crypto from A to B to C, help you save gas fees. It's not going to save you gas fees when you go to cash out unless you're on an exchange. Once you're in an exchange, you save a lot of money. Then you have to deal with the risk that the exchange is going to lock you out or you know, lock you away from funds, which people have had happen. But there's nothing I can do about that. All I'm doing is at least making it easy to move money from place to place without getting nailed on gas fees. That's also Ethereum and Binance. And speaking of Binance, one of the final updates I'll try to get in talks about slippage. With the Binance, this mostly targets the Binance smart chain, specifically PancakeSwap, but also others. However, the same concept applies on Ethereum. What I'm going to talk about is how that slippage, first what it is, you probably know what it is, but I want to go deep dive a little bit, and then how that also can help you identify when you might be sitting on a risky asset. Because sometimes the slippage, having to set the slippage to a certain level of high could be an indicator that you're dealing with a potential scam token, or maybe it's not. Could be that that token has certain rules put in place to try to increase its value, but they turn out being an inconvenience for you. So I want to educate you about those because once you understand those rules, you can, before you give them money, make smarter decisions about whether or not you're going to invest in those tokens because you have to understand a lot of these are kind of forcing long haul, even if it is legit. They're forcing you to be a holder, spelled H-O-D-L. They don't want you to do day trading. They don't want you to buy in and then sell off. So they understand that there's a lot of people who that's their last $100 in the world and they want to buy into crypto to try to make it rich. And they also understand it's usually not going to work out and it takes a long time to generate that wealth. And so what they're trying to do now is say, look, we have to kind of lock this down a little bit so we're not going to allow people to do these regular transactions the way that we usually would do. So they'll implement temporary rules around the trading buy and sell alike and you'll run it, your experience is going to be affected by those decisions. So when you go in to do the trade, basically it won't make sense. You'll get all these errors that make no sense. You'll do a search. You'll come across videos to tell you to add zeros and all this garbage. And the truth is it's a much simpler explanation. That's what I want to educate you on. And just to preface all this, I know there's a lot. There's a lot of data. That's part of the reason why I chose to start up a podcast because I realized that doing write-ups uh, yes, I could do the write-up. I still could do the write-up. But the truth is, most of the people are going to be on the road or on the move or cooking or what, cleaning, whatever, and they just want to hear some of these thoughts. And so my figure was, okay, let me just put this into audio form so that people can play it back anytime. They can timestamp certain parts. They can even export certain parts. I don't care. And now you can archive this knowledge for yourself and then play it back whenever you get curious, create your own titles, and so on. So my hope is that, yes, there's a lot of information. I hope that I have kind of compartmentalized it in a logical form with good logical titles to find it, and that the information, once you come across these problems, will be helpful and useful to solve them and get past them so that you can continue a crypto journey. Because I had an argument the other day, and I'll wrap up with this, that you know, ultimately, in order for crypto to be mainstream, everybody's got to be bought in. To do that, it's got to be easy, stupid, simple. It's the reason people want Robinhood so bad, because it's the dumbest interface you can think of that requires no thought. Until we get to that point, education is all we can do, and then it's up to you guys to either embrace that and take the time to learn, 
until we can get technological solutions, and I'm doing the best I can to play my part to contribute that knowledge. So keep in touch for next week for all that good stuff.